Hi friend, you're listening to the Desire His Renown podcast, where we exist to create space to have hard, holy conversations that lead us to ultimately desiring His renown. If we don't know each other, I'm Emily, and I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to our final episode of season one. I can't believe I just said that. What a journey it has been diving into these conversations with some of my good friends. My prayer is that you have been encouraged, challenged, grown, but most importantly, I hope the Father has met you wherever you are throughout these episodes. As we close out season one, we are joined by Daniel Butson, who is not only the pastor of my church, he's also a good family friend, and we are going to be walking through loving others well, especially those who have hurt us, and how we can become more like Jesus through the hurt. Daniel, thank you so much for being here and diving into the conversation with me. I'm so honored. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I hear this is the last episode of the season. It is. Wow. Going out with a bang here. Let's, it's going to be great. Let's do it. <laughs> so before we jump in, why don't you tell us a few things about yourself? Who is Daniel Butson? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, again, thanks for having me. So I'm Daniel. I am married to an incredible human named Katie. Uh, we met on a blind date, as you know, a few, and in about uh, three weeks after that blind date, we got engaged. Yep. And so uh, I don't recommend that for everybody, but it's worked out for us. And we've been married nearly 15 years. We're in year 15 right now. And I'm telling you, it's, the, it's been the best year yet. And, uh, and so married to Katie and, uh, and I'm also a girl dad, so mm-hmm. I have two wonderful girls, Bellamy and Magnolia. And uh, because I'm a girl dad, there's a good chance that my toes right now are painted a certain <laughs> color. Um, and so, and, I, and that I've played Barbies in the past 24 hours. That's what it means Sorry. to be a girl dad. And so that's, that's me. And uh, we also have a dog, and his name is Teddy. And I know you've met him. Yeah. And he's, uh, uh, he's the worst. And so that's Ted. And, uh, and for fun, I love to cook. I'm trying to pick up boxing right now. And the most important thing about me is that Jesus has changed my life. Yeah. And so that's why I'm here. And I happen to be a pastor of a local church. And it's perfectly imperfect. And it's been <laughs> such a good good ride. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Honestly, I'm going to tell you, yours and Katie's story is one of my favorites yeah. ever. Yes. And the amount of times over the years that I've referred to it of like, well, it could just be a Butson story. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People I are hear, like, yeah. what's a Butson story? I'm like, oh, <laughs> let, let me, me just tell, tell you. you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. It's one of my favorites. Oh, my favorites. boy. Well, there is a lot that we can unpack for loving others well when they've hurt us. So how can we love someone like Jesus when they've hurt, betrayed, or treated us poorly? Oof. Okay, so first, this is going to be one of those questions that we're going to try to figure out an answer to the rest of our lives. Yeah. We're going to be practicing trying to figure this out. Um, And so, okay, real quick, I think when it comes with my kids and and they're trying to figure out options, I always love to give options on this. So so let's just think about options. When it comes to someone who's hurt you, I guess you have a few options. One, you you can hold on to it and take it to the grave with you and be miserable. That's one thing. You, mm-hmm. you have that option. I wouldn't recommend it, but you have the option. Number two, you can you can deny it and act like it didn't happen and try to stuff it. Mm-hmm. Also would not recommend that. Or three, you can actually work through it and deal with it. And so I think that's what the conversation is today. So yeah. um, 
So first, just to sort of level set the playing field, is to understand that that hurt is inevitable. I know that's sad, like that's not fun news, but it it's going to happen. It's not when, or it's not if, it's, it's when uh, hurt's gonna happen. Um, and so conflict in a human relationship is, is inevitable. I've heard conflict's inevitable, but combat is a choice. Mm. And, and, and staying hurt is a choice. And sometimes, and we've, we've experienced this before, where, where hurt is unintentional. And mm-hmm. so we've, we've experienced this before, right? Your mom forgets to pick you up at school, or someone says something they didn't mean to say, or your boss forgets you know, to promote you, or your friend forgets your birthday. And so it's an unintentional hurt. And so those happen, and, and so mm-hmm. that, that happens in life. And on the other end, there's intentional pain and hurt when someone means to hurt you. And this is the stuff that really, really sucks the life out of you. And so this is when someone talks bad about you uh, to your face or behind your back. This is someone, maybe a family member, who abuses you or causes trauma in your life. Uh, This is a dad who leaves his family. This is, you know, maybe a church um, event happens that really hurts you or gives you a bad experience. And so there are sometimes we get hurt and it's unintentional. There's sometimes we get hurt and it's incredibly intentional and painful. And the reality is it's going to happen to everyone. And so when it comes to these things, uh, I get reminded of this German philosopher. I'm going, I'm going philosophy on you for a second. <laughs> but this German philosopher named Arthur Schopenhauer, he compares humans to porcupines. And uh, he's, he compares it to this. He says, this is what humanity's like. We're like porcupines in a cold night. And so the night, as it grows colder and colder, porcupines have to get close to keep each other warm. But the problem with porcupines is that they start poking each other with their quills the closer they get. Hmm. And so there's this temptation to pull away or to, to come apart because we poke each other. And, and then what happens is those porcupines die in the coldness of the night. And again, that's not the best option is to say, okay, I've been hurt, I've been poked, and so you know what? I'm out. I'm out on people, and I'm just going to take my pain and take my bitterness and my mm-hmm. resentment, and I'm going to walk away from humans. And that is an option. It's just not a best one. And, and so we have to find ways, knowing that we're going to poke each other, knowing that we're going to hurt each other, to come together. And so long story short, I think rather than living in the way of resentment and bitterness, I believe Jesus actually offers a better option. Uh, And the better option is the one that he actually showed us, which is when people hurt us or make mistakes or offend us, rather than allowing those offenses to cause us hurt or pain or bitterness, uh, you learn to forgive. Mm. Yeah. And that will be the hardest thing we'll ever do. Can I give you a quiz? I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. Can I give you a quiz? Sure. Okay. Um, so I looked up the three hardest words in the English language. Okay. I'm going to quiz you. Okay. All right, so I've got note cards. I'm gonna, I wrote these words on note cards. 
and I want you to say them for me. Okay. Th- okay? You got to okay. be ready. For- Three hardest English words. This okay. is like statistically known, all right? Okay. So this is the third, this is the third ranking word. Okay. All right? Say this word. Rural. That's pretty good. Rural. Yeah. See, I have a hard time. It's the R's. Yeah. Rural. Yeah. Yeah. So Where this is like apparently... Rural. <laughs> yeah, this is the R's, and if you... I don't know. It, it's tough. But that's the third hardest word in the English language. Okay. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. All right. So Such a let's, short word. let's try this one. Okay. Mischievous. Mischievous. But then we said mischievous. Yeah. I, yeah. I, or is it mischie- mischievous? I think you could say it either way. Okay, okay. I've heard people say it that way too. Mischievous. Yeah. Or, how do you say it? Mischievous. Mischievous. Is that yeah. how you, yeah, I guess that's more natural. Mischievous. Yeah. Okay, this is the hardest word in the English language. You ready for this? All right, here it is. How hard <laughs> oh my is? gosh, I see that one on social media all the time. I don't even know how to pronounce that one, Daniel. I know, right? How do you pronounce it? No, no, I got to hear from you. Okay, You're on the I spot. Um... It's the stuff that you pour on to, yeah. like, hamburger meat, and you, like, season it. Okay. Worcestershire? Worcestershire. Sauce. I think it's... Okay. I can see? pronounce sauce. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, this word apparently is Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Okay. I can see how you... Okay. I can... But like, I hear, looking at it... But here, the people say... Yeah. The people have, have no idea. Worcestershire? Yeah. So this is like the hardest English word. You just did it though. Yeah, amount of amount the amount of memes I have seen recently on that. Really, this on is thing. like yeah, that is a huge thing because people be like, like I'll define one and send it to you. But it's crazy because they'll like do it so many different ways, or yeah. it'll just like, or they just like mess it up on purpose because no one can pronounce it the right way. No one can. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's a made up word. So. But I got a word that's hard. I got I got three words. So those are apparently the three hardest words. But I got yeah. I got three words that are even harder than those words. You ready? Can I guess them? Yeah, go ahead. I forgive you. Three hardest words, right there. You got it. It's hard. It is genuinely the hardest thing we'll ever do. Mm. Yeah. Yep. It is. But I think Jesus, he he gets it and he gets us, and I think yeah he. He, he for he forgives us, but I also think he he knows that on the other side of us learning to forgive others, he knows that there is life. Because mm-hmm. just on the other side of his forgiveness, what is there? There's life, life. and there's freedom, and, and so he wants that for us. And so even like think on the cross, Jesus mm-hmm. is saying, "Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing." And so what would happen? What would genuinely happen? If that was our posture, mm. that we can genuinely forgive another person. A voluntary act, an intentional choice to let that person go. To let go of that bitterness and that anger. Not because they de- deserve it, not because they mm. earned it. That's forgiveness. That's hard. It is. Yeah, well, going off like the whole like forgiveness thing, I think the root of loving others when they've hurt or betrayed or lied or whatever you name it is going to be forgiveness that's the only way you're going to get through the like hardness and the emotions of the situation and you may not even know all the emotions that you may feel and I joked about this um a couple of times on some other episodes but my best friend Sophia pulls out an emotion wheel sometimes Hmm. if she like 
So it's like an emotion wheel. So it's like half of it is like all the good emotions. Okay. Yeah. The other half is all the negative emotions. Got it. Yeah. And so what you do is because like if there's like times where we've like been like talking through stuff or I've had something and she's like, well, what are you feeling? I'm like, I couldn't tell you what mm. I'm feeling. She was, let's pull out the emotion wheel. Wow. And so she'll be like, okay, so she'll start with, I think, like, four or five emotions, and you just pick one. And then I haven't even, like, really looked mm. at the emotion wheel in a mm-hmm. while because she always is the one that pulls it out. But then it, like, goes to, like, I think it says, like, a little column or something, and then she, like, gives me, like, another, like, four or five options, and then wow. we just narrow it down until, like, You can point. identify exactly what it yeah. is that you're feeling. Yeah, That's but, so good. and like, I mean, there's been so many situations that I've been in where I'm like, I don't know what I'm feeling, mm. and... Because it could be all kinds, of, it could be sadness, it yeah. could be anger. Yeah, yeah. like there's, and mm-hmm. even like, words I'm like, I, you wouldn't use like in the normal, like, day-to-day of just like, emotions, because you're used to just like, happy, mm-hmm. sad, mm-hmm. angry, mm-hmm. joyful, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, and, like, sometimes, like, even, like, bitterness is thrown around sometimes, but that's, like, not a, one of your first ones. Right. I think it's also, the, like, like shame and guilt kind of come with that. Because, okay. like, you don't want to say that, like, oh, I'm bitter towards this yeah, person. Yeah, for sure. Because then they're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so yeah. many. Because it, you have to be vulnerable to say yeah. that that person hurt me. Yeah. And that's tough. Or that yeah. person disappointed me. Yeah. Because so, we want to have it all together. Exactly. So I'll give an example. Um, I had someone in my life... Um, that we had kind of gone through, I don't even know what, just lots of life stuff and life changes. And mm-hmm. it was when I was going through like the worst of like my trauma and like everything kind of coming to light. And I did so many things unhealthily, friendships and just shut people out. Mm-hmm. And that porcupine going, exactly. going yeah. on to the cold night. Yeah, exactly. And so um, anyway, I like shut this person out. And a few months later, like, when I was kind of on the other side, I reached out to this person, and I, like, apologized. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I handled this so unhealthily. Like, I'm trying to do better, and just, like, I'm sorry for, like, hurting you, because, like, I know I had. And um, this person responded with, like, grace, but then, like, almost a year later, I got a letter Mm. in the mail from this person, and in the letter, it talked about... Just, like, that bitterness of, like, I'm sorry I was bitter towards you. Like, I had no idea. I thought we were good. And that rocked my world because, one, it's a handwritten letter. Like, that's so personal and, Mm. like, not this day and age. Mm -hmm. Um, And to have that to, like, look back on of, like, she really meant this. Mm. Uh, But I think it was also just, like, such an act of, like, love. Like, I know that this person, like, wouldn't have sent that if she wasn't at a place where she, like, genuinely meant it. And so, That's huge. And I bet that letter was such a release for her yeah to yeah. whatever happened there yeah to to just let that off yeah of your chest right yeah. that's huge yeah and maybe and that's by the way just a, a great tool by the way yeah. in terms of like how do i actually practically forgive someone yeah i mean writing a letter you're getting yeah. it all out yeah whether you um, send it or not exactly. like you don't have to but yeah. sometimes just putting yeah. it pen to paper oh yeah is the best I've got way a to whole, like... i've got a whole bank of letters that i've never sent anybody yeah but I put everything that I need to put on there, yeah. get it all off, and, yeah. and give it to the Lord, yeah. and just say, God, I forgive that person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think there's been other situations, too, that I've walked through where I've had so many, like, negative emotions or, like, lies that I believe that came out of that. And so I'd write them down, and then I'd burn them. Ooh, satisfying is that yeah it was very satisfying <laughs> do you like where do you burn it do you burn it outside do you burn it in a house like what do you yeah so 
that particular situation, we happened to be at a cabin in the mountains whenever I got, like, to the point where I was ready to burn it um, and burn some other stuff with it. And so that's something that my mom does for, Mm -hmm. like, her prayer retreats that she does. And so that's, like, once you, like, go through, like, your, like, prayer sessions and, like, kind of release those things and, like, all the negative things that, like, aren't true anymore, you just, like, burn them Mm -hmm. um, because they're not true and you don't need them in your life. And even, like, things to, like, look back on of, like, that could, like, bring up those emotions of, like, oh, my gosh, I felt that way towards that person. And then you forget what the Lord has done or, like, the truth that he's spoken Mm -hmm. into your life. And so... That's another, like, practical thing. I don't do that very often anymore, but that was, like, a consistent thing that I had to do in a certain wow. season of life. Wow. But, yeah, it's very satisfying to watch it just, like, burn away because you're, like... You're releasing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing sort of about forgiveness is that it doesn't require the other person. Hmm. Yeah. Is that that's something... Forgiveness is a one-way street that you... you and it's, That's between you and the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I've, I've written those letters as well, or I've just gone right to the Lord about that person. And so forgiveness is a one-way street. Reconciliation, that's probably another talk for another day. Oh, yeah. That's a two-way street. And there's Mm -hmm. all kinds of, you know, healthy ways to go about conflict resolution. But that is the beautiful thing about forgiveness. It is a one-way street. It's, it's something that you choose no matter what that person will do with that choice. And I think that's what. Maybe we have a, um, we battle not forgiving that person because mm-hmm. we're, we're, I'm not going to let them off the hook, but, yeah. but all that's doing is creating resentment in you. And, it, and I've heard it said that, um, resentment is like taking poison, thinking it's going to kill the other person. Mm. No, like you, you forgiving is not letting them off the hook. Yeah. It has nothing to do with them at that point. It's, it's, it's you choosing to not stay angry about it. Yeah. Um, and it's not dismissing what they did. You're looking at what they did. You say that was wrong. That was a mess. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hold on to that. I'm not gonna stay in their prison yeah. anymore. So because, and that's what Jesus wants for us. Mm-hmm. It's not a sign of weakness. I think it's one of the, a great sign of incredible strength. Yeah. That we can actually let someone uh, go. Yeah, I think that's also. Like, in my situation where, like, I burned this up, that was kind of that, like, letting that, like, situation go, but letting the people go, and then, mm-hmm. like, or if you want to do anything on the other That's end right. of that, yeah. anytime there, down the road, There might be reconciliation sure. down yeah. the road, right. Yeah, and I've seen some of that, like, from that situation where I'm just like, huh, I would have, like, never guessed that with, like, that situation, but the Lord does what he wants to do, and it's, like, so cool how he just, like, kind of reconnects people, even if it's not, like, the same kind of friendship that you had originally. That's true. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, you you can't. There there's gonna be moments where you you'll choose forgiveness, and maybe nothing changes mm. in that actual relationship, yeah. and that's tough. But then you'll find down the road it might be a year later, a month later, a decade later, yeah. where that relationship gets restored, and and so it's kind of cool when that happens. But either, no matter what happens on the other side of that, you can still choose the art of letting that person go, letting yeah. that anger go. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, here's what I've seen happen in my own life. And maybe this is getting too honest, but a lot of times my hurt and pain, it it doesn't really come from my family. I love my, my wife and I, we're good, you know, and my kids, we're good. A lot of times it'll happen at work. Or just with people. People can be tough. 
And so then you, but you come home with it. And if you haven't forgiven that person, what happens is that resentment like seeps out. Yeah. It has to find a place to go. That anger, that bitterness. And, and what happens is if you're not careful, if you're not giving it over to the Lord, it seeps out into people who had nothing to do mm-hmm. with that pain. Yeah. And then you treat your kids differently or you treat your spouse differently or you treat your parents differently or your family differently. And they're like, what the heck? What we? Why, why are you coming at me? Yeah. And then you... Or you take it on with a dog. It's like the dog had nothing to do with what happened earlier today. But we have no place to put it because yeah. we're trying to contain it and manage it. We can't. Yeah. And so it seeps out and it hurts our other relationships, right? We've yeah. seen this happen, right? Yep. One friend says something bad and then boom, you just you you put it on someone else. Yeah. And so another reason why it's so important just to say, I choose, I'm choosing to to let go of this pain, this bitterness. Mm-hmm. I see it. I'm not dismissing what they did, but I'm choosing to let it go. Yeah. So that you don't tarnish and hurt the other relationships around you. Yeah. Well, it's like you have, like, obviously forgiveness, but it doesn't mean you're going to forget. Correct. Like, yes, it could be ashes, but when you're on the other side of forgiveness and then there's yeah. life, like we talked about earlier, yeah. Lord's going to bring beauty from the ashes, whatever that may look like, whether it's like you growing in a certain area and like, okay, I'm going to handle this type of situation differently next, yeah. or like beauty coming from like a restored relationship or whether it's just conflict and it's not like a mm-hmm. ruined relationship or friendship or whatever, but it doesn't mean you're going to forget, but the Lord yeah. will also use it. So um, let me ask you a question. Yeah. How do you, how do you forgive? So I talked about this. Was it the shaming? I think it was the last episode, the shame okay. and guilt one. But there's a forgiveness prayer from mm-hmm. Freedom in Christ. Yeah. Um, that I learned like, I don't know, years and years ago. But it's basically like, Lord, I choose to forgive whoever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And you only do one offense at a time. Hmm. And yeah. so Maybe. you say four whatever and sometimes it's one sometimes it's a lot I've had to go through when it's like over mm-hmm, and over and over mm-hmm. and it's like even though they made me feel and then you lay out every emotion just empty it out um and like I choose to like not hold on to the bitterness of mm-hmm. whatever or mm-hmm. whatever emotion like hold this person against to this however it's worded I don't remember it off the top of my head and then but to be able to check if you've, like, emptied out all of your emotions, it's like, I now ask you to bless that person. Whoa, yeah. So, and mm. that's hard to do. Because mm. if you're, like, over here and you're like, I still don't want to bless this person, mm-hmm. then you have some more emotions you need to empty out. Or, like, more things you need to forgive for. Yeah. And so that's my favorite way to forgive mm-hmm. people. Especially if it's, like, a big situation where I have a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. If it's... Like, a little thing that I'm usually just like, Lord, I forgive this person. Yeah. And just do, like, an abbreviated version of it. Like, yeah. even though they made me feel X, Y, and Z, bless them. Or, like, yeah. I just ask you to bless them. That's um, so good. Like, but that's... I do something very similar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it it starts with just recalling the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it goes into... You know what I do? Sometimes I'll do... I'll, I'll try to empathize with the situation. Now, this may not work in every situation. There's mm-hmm. some abuse... And trauma things that, yeah, there's, I, I don't know, I don't know where that empathy works, but oftentimes I'll put, I'll, I'll think about an empty chair and I'll put that other person in that chair. Because mm. what's happening is the reason they probably offended me 
or hurt me is they're coming from a place of hurt themselves because mm-hmm. hurt people hurt people. Yep. And not to be cliche, it's absolutely true. Yeah. And so I put them in the empty chair and say, okay, why, why did they, if, if I were them, why would they have treated me that way? And you just try to empathize with maybe what their situation is like. Maybe you know the hurt and you're mm-hmm. like, dang, I probably would act out a certain way too mm-hmm. if I was in their situation. So it humanizes them because oftentimes mm-hmm. when people hurt us, we're like, we, 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 we dehumanize them. Mm-hmm. We, we create distance. But empathy creates a closeness that's like, okay, I get it. It doesn't excuse their behavior. And, yeah. and hear me say this. I'm not excusing it but I'm understanding Mm -hmm. and then I'm able to offer the altruistic gift of forgiveness because I get it because I've done the same things in in ways, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And the motivation for that forgiveness is just in light of all that Jesus has done for us. Yeah. Right. Um, I heard it said, I think it was N.T. Wright, who, by the way, is one of the best authors around, one of the best theologians. He says, offering forgiveness, here's what you need to do. Offering forgiveness to someone else is is like taking one tiny drop of water from the bucket full that you were given Mm -hmm. by God. Because when he forgave you on the cross, like, it was for everything you've ever done your whole life. That's a lot of forgiveness. And so that's just think about that bucket full of forgiveness that he's given you. And so when you offer forgiveness to someone else, you're taking like the tiniest little droplet and just giving it mm. out of the bucket full that you've been giving. So that's, that's sort of that motivation piece for why I'd even do it in the first place. Because it feels very unnatural. It feels more natural to hold on to it. Mm feels unnatural to do it. But once you start walking with Christ and understanding every day what you've been forgiven of, it's like, oh no, this is exactly what I need to be doing yeah. to live free. That is such a good example. I've never heard that example, hmm. but that is so good. Just think about think about yeah. that bucket. I cannot even imagine. Right? Like Every single thing. Wow. And that's mm-hmm. the whole, I, I know we talked about it um, off air, but we talked about that Matthew 18 story mm-hmm. in the parable of um, the unforgiving yeah. servant. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's so true. Well, there's so many verses throughout the Bible, not only mm-hmm. encouraging us, but commanding us to forgive. Mm-hmm. And that's because the Lord doesn't want us to hold on to those negative emotions but also asking for forgiveness when we've been wrong or been in the wrong. Uh, so whether that's something between you and God, or you need to go to someone who you've sinned against or forgive someone who has hurt you, forgiveness is always going to be at the root of loving someone who has hurt you. And talking about that story in Matthew 18, which I think we're going to dive into maybe a little later um, in more depth. But it's the servant that owed like 10,000 talents, which now is equivalent to anywhere from like, 12 million to 1 billion USD, which Mm. is a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so most probably not payable. Uh, So the master showed the servant compassion and forgave his debt. But I think while ultimately the story demonstrates what Jesus did for us on the cross, it also just demonstrates love through forgiveness. Uh, And going forward, that servant didn't show the same compassion and mercy, but we can look at the story and learn from it and make a different decision. So we can choose to show mercy, we can choose to show forgiveness, and we can choose to love those who have wronged us. Because loving like Jesus will never return void, Mm. no matter how hard it is. Mm. 
So like we've kind of been talking about, I'd say it's pretty safe to say we've all been hurt at one point or another. Um, and when I think of some periods in my life where I've been hurt by someone, there is sometimes still like that certain sting to it. Mm-hmm. Even if I've moved on and forgiven the person, because like we talked about, like you can forgive, but you're not going to necessarily forget. And being hurt is never fun. And this is an important part of walking with Jesus, because when we get hurt by someone, rest assured, he knows the exact pain you're walking through. So he's the one who can comfort us best when we run to him. And this too, when we let him break down our walls and we humble ourselves before him, there may be conviction that is within your spirit for your own wrongdoing in the situation. And now hear me out there. I think there are a hundred percent situations where you may have been the only one who got hurt, Mm -hmm. but there are other situations where you will have conviction, um, whether it's your response, Mm -hmm. your words, your actions in response to something said or done to you that may have been hurtful to the other person or people involved, something that you're going to have to own up to. And it is so hard, like we've been talking about, to humble yourself mm-hmm. enough to apologize and seek forgiveness. And we, like, we'll get defensive and we'll justify our words and our actions, kind of like we talked about too, where it's like, mm-hmm. we're even like justifying it for someone. Like, oh, well, they did that because mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. But when we hold on to those negative emotions, a few things that happen First of all, we aren't loving like or representing Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's not who we're called to be. We are called to love and represent like Jesus. And secondly, like we've been talking about, the emotions you're holding on to will carry throughout all areas of your life. And that runs the risk of hurting the people who haven't even hurt you. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, there's going to be separation between you and God when you don't deal with the bitterness, the anger, Or whatever emotion you may have, because those emotions aren't from God, and therefore if you act out and hold on to them, that is sin, and sin separates you from God. And I know I can think of a handful of instances where I was hurt, like, so deeply, and it took a hot minute to forgive Mm -hmm. the people and work Mm -hmm. through those emotions. Um, But one of the biggest things I've learned over the years is getting to a place where you can forgive someone for the hurt they've caused you, like we've talked about, even if you never get an apology. Also, when you're the one who needs to repent and seek out forgiveness, but doing it with a genuine heart. And we talked about this in the last episode on shame and guilt with my friend Jay, but I'm going to mention it again because it's just so important. But one of the best things we can do when we are hurt and we humble ourselves to apologize for our part in the situation, regardless if you get an apology or not, Mm -hmm. is if you can say you've done everything on your part to make things right with the person, then you did your best. And from there, love them well, whatever that may look like so pulling from luke 27 through 28 where it says but to you who are listening i say love your enemies do good to those who hate you bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you daniel why would we bless the very ones who cursed us (laughs) or cursed lied hurt betrayed us and why can't we wait to bless them once they've repented Yeah, this is uh, this again will be a lifelong learning, and like you had already brought up about the the king who forgave this guy of ten thousand talents, I think that's our our basis for why we would love our enemies or why we would do good to those who hate us or or bless those who who curse us, and if you go back into that story, there's this, um, so you got this king. There's a huge debt, something that he can't pay. Um, there's no amount of creativity or good works that he can do to save himself and 
some of us, we we're, you know, we, we try to do the same thing with God. We think, okay, if I can just do enough good things, then I can get in good standing. Or if I do more good things than bad things, then, or if I go to church enough, or I do enough good things for, you know, help the old lady across the street, then, you know, I can save myself. But the reality is we have this insurmountable debt that we owe God and it's called sin. And so there's no way we're going to make it, we're going to be able to make it right in our own effort. And, and, and that was the story of this man to the king. There was no way he was going to make it right. And so what does it say in the scriptures that the king does? I want to just take us right there. This is out of Matthew 18, verse 27. The king does three things. And it's completely unthinkable. This is, this is wild to think about. Jesus says the king did three things. He took pity on the man. He canceled the debt. And he let him go. Mm-hmm. So the, this is what forgiveness is. Um, it's... It's, you take pity, you cancel the debt, you, you let him, you let him go. And so this, this idea of having pity, it's really the word compassion. And so first he has compassion um, for this man. And then it says he canceled the debt. So he absorbs the cost for himself uh, or on himself. And that's exactly what Jesus did when he said it's finished. He was saying, I'm paying the debt in full. And then it says he releases him. He, he lets him go. And because this is what Jesus has done for us, paying our insurmountable debt, I think it gives us all the motivation we'd ever need to be able to, to, to show that to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because there really is no other motivation to do that with other people other than the story of Jesus. Um, so, so that's where I would, that's a starting place, I guess. Even if the person doesn't repent, even if the person doesn't change their mind, um, or own up to what they did. Mm-hmm. Look, Jesus came for us, knowing that we're sinners, knowing that we were going to make mistakes, knowing that we were going to mess up, and he still came. And so if we can embody the way of Jesus, it will change our lives. And also, I just pulled this up on my phone, but I wanted just to read the importance of this, of, of finding the way to forgive. What Paul says in Ephesians 4, in verse 30, and 31 and 32. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice. Instead, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And so Paul is is doing something interesting. He's saying that your relationship with the Holy Spirit, like you said just earlier, it's going to, your relationship with God, your relationship with the Holy Spirit is, is going to be affected by your forgiveness with other people. Mm-hmm. So if we continue to try to like hold on to unforgiveness, it actually does affect the vertical relationship yeah. with God, which is wild to think about how we treat people horizontally in our relationships mm-hmm. affects our intimacy with God. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like I want I want an intimate relationship with God. Yeah. But you know when you have unforgiveness, it's, it feels like every prayer is hitting the ceiling. Yep. And, yep. and that's why, is, is because yeah. it's connected. And so the more we can just live out of forgiveness, the more intimate the relationship with our Father and King. So Yeah, and I feel like once you like get to a place with having that intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord, like there really is like nothing better than it and there's nothing sweeter than it. And so I think 
at least I've seen like the past year just like in my like growth in my walk with the Lord is not saying I'm like the quickest person to like yeah. forgive whatever but like I have gotten quicker mm-hmm. at it um and sometimes it's a little slower just depending on the situation or the mood or whatever but I can immediately feel that hindrance or mm-hmm. hindrance like I don't necessarily want to listen to like my worship music which oh, yeah. is like oh, yeah. the sure worst run. thing ever yeah um, or like read my Bible or pray like any of it. And I'm nope. like, who am I without those things? Cause mm. like, that's just not who I am. Yep. And so that's been like the quickest or like the biggest thing that I've learned is how to like quickly that's forgive so and restore that. Yeah. Because once you've like tasted like the power of the Holy spirit, the yeah. sweetness of it, and just that relationship. And it's not just like Jesus and God, but like the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. like there's a difference. It's mm-hmm. not just someone in the Trinity. Yeah. Like there yeah, is yeah. a, like he's a person. He's yeah. a person. Yeah. Yeah. I'd also, so, uh, and one more thing that I would say on this whole forgiveness thing is, and I hope this will be encouragement. The message of this podcast is not, all right, do better, try harder, forgive more. Yeah. Like good luck. Yeah. That's not what God does. He's not like, all right. Good luck, uh, good luck on your own trying to figure that out. Yeah. No, it's not. But the more, the the more that we spend, more time we spend with Christ, the more time we develop that that intimacy, that relationship. Mm-hmm. What's really cool about Jesus is he wants us to conform into his image. And yeah. so he's going to give us the power to do that. So it's not, all right, Emily, good luck. Try harder to forgive this person. Yeah. No, as you walk in Christ you become to look more like him. It's mm. It starts becoming second nature. And so that's what I found in, in my life with Christ is it's not like, all right, I just got to muscle up and perform yeah. and forgive this person. No, as I walk with Jesus more and more, it becomes second nature. Yeah. Now, it as you grow, you I've been given more opportunities to forgive of, of harder things. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I thought I, I thought I figured out forgiveness up here, Lord. And then he takes you to a deeper level. And yeah. You're like, oh shoot, I gotta forgive that. Yeah. And then, but then he gives you the grace to do it, and he gives you yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit to to make it happen. It's yeah. amazing. So, can you imagine like the strength that and grace that he had to have on the cross to forgive? Like, I can't even fathom that. Like, yeah. to forgive Mind each blown. and every one of us for every like little thing, big thing that we're going to do like in our entire lifetime, whether nope. we've done it or not. I can't nope. even imagine that. Nope. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's another like thing where it's just like, I, I don't know about you, but like there's, I mean, I'm sure there's like so many things that's just like you think about within like Christ and just like, I can't even fathom. Yeah. Like there's like, I can just give you like a list right now. I'm just like, I can't even, but that's like, I even like thought of it in that way. Mm-hmm. And so you said that I was like, Oh, it's a whole other thing. And I'm like, Oh Lord, I can't even fathom that. Mm-hmm. But it's such a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. So like if he can do it, we can do it because he's going to provide. That's true. He's going to provide that's what we news. need. Yeah. yeah. The message of Christianity isn't do more, do more, do more. Yeah. It's like it's been done. And Christ now is going to empower you to to become like him. Yeah. That's the message from to the disciples. He wants us to be with him, uh, become like him, and do the things that he did. Mm. So sometimes we think in Christianity that like Christianity is about, oh, you believe in Jesus. No, it's not just believe in Jesus. Yeah. It is you you get to be with Jesus. You get to become like him. Mm. You get to actually do the things that he did. Yeah. And that is where you can experience 
heaven on earth. That's where you can experience life to the full. Um, and I can see the difference between people who forgive um, and the freedom in which they walk versus people who've never learned the art of forgiveness yeah. and the, the misery in which they walk. Yeah. You can see it just in how they walk and how they talk. Mm. And I have certainly not anyone, I've not arrived, but I, I it's just, it breaks my heart when, when people don't know the love of Christ mm. and they just walk with a grudge on people. Yeah. And they hold it and it's like, that is not the way you were designed to live. Yeah. You were designed to walk free. And so, um, let go of all the hindrances, every all the sin that so easily entangled, and that includes unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Let go of all that sin so that you can run the race that God has set before you. Yeah. And so for some of you today, the thing that has been holding you back from the life that God's always intended is that you're holding on to, to unforgiveness. And I would just want to encourage you, go back to the cross. Mm-hmm. Remember what Jesus has done for you. And then go forgive the people around you. And the freedom in which you'll walk, you'll feel like a, a new human. Yeah, and it's so much better than living, like, within that unforgiveness. And we talked about this in the last episode on shame and guilt, because I think Jay was talking about, like, you know, we are, like, we can get comfortable in our shame and guilt. And sometimes we think, like, well, can it get any better? Mm. And, like, or, like, can it get any worse or better, whichever way he put it. But it's, like, <laughs> the answer is No. Like, get rid of it <laughs> mm-hmm. and live with Jesus, and that's going to be the best thing. Not living in these negative emotions or the shame, because that's not who we're called to be. We're called to walk in truth and in light. Um, moving on to the next question, serving people ultimately comes from a place of loving people. Mm-hmm. So how can we best serve someone who has hurt us? Okay, so again, this is only possible in Jesus, to, to serve people um, that have hurt us. And I, I've just got a, a, a more recent example just in the past month. Um, I, I just want to brag on my wife. So <laughs> just in the past month, there was a day where we weren't seeing quite eye to eye. I don't know if you've ever been there before with someone in your relationships. We just were not seeing eye to eye. There was a disagreement. I can't even remember what we were fighting about, but it was in that moment, it felt like war, you know, the cold war. We were ice cold to each other for a couple of hours. And we're normally not that way, but we were, there was, there was tension there. And after a few hours, I didn't want to budge. She didn't want to budge. And that, that's not us. But by the evening, my wife came in with a towel in her hand and a bucket of warm water. And she came in and she says, will you forgive me? So she owned her piece, mm-hmm. you know, which was, and then she came in and said, I want to wash your feet. And it's like, oh my gosh. I mean, my heart just exploded and I just, I immediately apologized too. And then she washed my feet and then I asked if I could wash hers. And so we washed each other's feet. And we sat on the couch and we just prayed together. And it was so restorative, that whole moment. But that's the power of Jesus. And so she was hurt. Like, I hadn't apologized to her yet. But she came to me. Like, that. Mm. that is the way of Jesus, right? 
is that we, there's still a possibility in Christ that we can go and serve someone who's hurt us. Um, and, and so that was, that was my wife putting it on display. And what's amazing is the healing that happens when you actually can find the capacity to mm-hmm. do that. And so uh, I would say the, one of the ways that you can serve someone who may have hurt has hurt you in the past is is to simply go first in whatever it is just go first be the first to maybe you have one percent of the of the problem the piece of the pie and just think about as a pie and maybe that person is guilty for 99 percent of that pie of why the hurt is there but maybe you have one percent take ownership and go first on that one percent and you'll be amazed at what happens when you do, because that other person will likely own up to the other 99%, especially if Jesus is in their life as well. Yeah. So that makes all the difference. I love that story. That's so sweet. It's just, a, just another Monday with Daniel and Katie. No, <laughs> like it is, look, I might preach good sermons, but my wife lives them. She lives mm. great sermons. She lives great messages. That so true. That's so um, true, Katie. She's the best. Yeah, I would agree with you. So wash each other's feet. You know, yeah. wa- isn't that, I mean, think, Jesus, the night before he goes to the cross, yeah. what's he doing? He's on his knees washing feet for yeah. people that he's about to die for. Mm-hmm. Like, who does that? Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So if, so if as followers of mm-hmm. Christ, we're supposed to, we're supposed to emulate that. Yeah. Well, I mean, going off of that, so we've heard that story over and over of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, and, like, Judas included. Ooh, right? <laughs> yeah. But I want us, just for a second, to, like, really think about that story. Like, Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, and yet he still washed his feet. And it's like that quote that goes around social media every once in a while. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it says, Jesus knew Judas's heart and still washed his feet. Or the other one that goes around and says... Sometimes I joke about what I'd do if I had one day left to live. Eat junk, go crazy, etc. But then it hit me. Jesus knew, and he washed feet. Mm. And if you really take some time to just sit with the story and the heart of the Father, like we can learn from the example that he gave to us. Like He humbled himself enough to wash the feet of the very one who betrayed him. And he knew he was going to betray him. And in those days, washing feet was like the lowliest task. Mm-hmm. But in but this is such a picture that embodies who Jesus is and how deeply he cares and loves us. I saw another quote the other day that said, He healed the one who arrested him, served the one who betrayed him, and loved the world who crucified him. That's mm-hmm. my Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. Like, in the days we're in, we most likely won't be washing the feet of those who have hurt us. I mean, unless you're Katie Butts, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cursed or betrayed us. But if we have an opportunity to serve or love on them, we should not only do it, but we should make it a priority. And practically, this could look like sending them a gift card for coffee if mm-hmm. you know they're having a hard day or they're struggling, or even if they're not, uh, supporting them in any endeavors they do, donating mm-hmm. to a mission trip, asking how you can pray for them, mm-hmm. of course, pending the kind of relationship or friendship you have with them post-hurt, mm-hmm. writing a letter of encouragement, or whatever the Lord may lay on your heart. But if you're doing something physically or practically, like serve or bless them, but just press into the Lord, because He will be faithful to give you wisdom, discernment, and direction of how He wants to use you in their life. And it may not be easy. Mm -hmm. And you may not want to do the thing he may ask you to do. 
but the fruit, the healing, and the growth, kind of like your story, mm-hmm. that will come from that opportunity will be so much sweeter in, than not following in obedience. Another thing I want to point out is when the Lord prompts you to do whatever it is he wants you to do, follow in obedience immediately unless he gives you a specific timeline mm. because delayed obedience is still disobedience. Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge thing. I like have learned that this past year. And that was a game changer. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, because oh, that'll like, kind of kick your butt into gear to do stuff when he mm-hmm. prompts you to do it. Um, but as we wrap up this conversation, our last question is, how has the Lord used loving those who have hurt you for your good and his glory? Yeah, great question. Uh, a couple years ago, I had someone that I really looked up to to uh, hurt me. And... It was so hard, and there was there was no part of me that wanted to forgive this person, and so I held on to everything that we. I did all the opposite of everything we've been talking about today, <laughs> um, so I'm on a journey. But I held on to bitterness and resentment and anger, and I thought I was justified in it, but it was really just killing me. And so, what the Lord was teaching me, and the the moment. What, what was crazy is I had to preach a sermon on forgiveness. Just the Lord, right? He, okay, uh, you're dealing with this now. You gotta go preach on. It. So now I gotta figure out before I preach in a sermon, I gotta figure out how to actually live it. And so I remember for weeks, knowing I was gonna preach this sermon, that I have to figure out how to do this. And so when I finally started going back to the things we've been talking about, about understanding what Christ has done for me, and just relying on His power, and and in the Holy Spirit, I was able to actually let this go and and forgive this person. And again, the freedom on the other side of that was was night and day. It changed my relationships. It changed how I woke up, how I went to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just this this total peace. So this really is for your good. Um, and what's amazing is it's also for his glory because now people who knew that story, like, how can you forgive that person? It's like, dude, it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. In my own power, in my own will, Daniel Butson, I'm holding on that till the day I die. But because of Jesus, he gave me the power to forgive. And so it really is a testimony to, to what Jesus has done in my mm-hmm. life. Um, and then you start just growing in that practice. And so even just a couple weeks ago, so that was years ago. Now a couple weeks ago, I'm in a position where, you know, there were attacks coming my way, but I was able to practice a self-restraint. I wasn't, I wasn't attack, lobbing attacks back or, or holding on resentment or bitterness. Just the Lord in his kindness is growing me in, in the art of forgiveness. And so... Yeah, I just, that's that's the good that's come from it. Yeah. How about you? I think learning how to love others well, especially the ones who have hurt me, uh, has been one of the, like, hardest things. But it's also been the things that have challenged me to learn how to humble myself mm. enough to, one, own up to my wrongdoing and yeah. acknowledge that I might be the only one hurt in the situation. That was, like, a huge thing a few years ago where, like, because yeah. it was my trauma and my trauma response. I thought everything was like yeah. their fault. And I'm like, I didn't do anything mm-hmm. wrong. But I'm like, I did so many things wrong. Like I may not have 
like said something that was hurtful but it was my actions of like post that whatever conversation it was like however I treated the person or whatever but learning how to own up okay so real quick yeah. I want to commend you for that that is like next level maturity because in our world today it is so easy to play victim card and see everyone else is doing wrong to you but maturity is when you can, even when that's when there's wrong done to you, still see that you you may have had. Now again, not every time it, yeah. is it your fault, but or do you have a part in it? But to even be able to have the the re- self reflection to say maybe I had something to do with this. Yeah, that is huge, Emily. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I wish I learned that at your age. Honestly, that came through like really like taking time to like look at my unhealthy patterns and unhealthy habits and being like, okay, how can we change this and make them healthy ones? And I'm still learning, but like being able to look back on like different situations, like I can be like, Oh my goodness, like I did this or I said that. And that was horrible, Mm. but I didn't recognize it in the moment. And I didn't even have conviction of it in the moment, but Mm. I don't think I was in a place where I could like healthily handle it. So then I've had to go back like months or even years later and be like, I'm so sorry for how I handled that. Like, Sheesh. will you forgive me? Okay. It's wild. You need to do another episode one day. <laughs> so on the start of your new season, talk about how it's been impossible for people to have space and time to self-reflect. Because mm. everything we're talking about requires time and, and, and introspection. And that's a, that's been completely lost in our culture because yeah. of the scroll mm-hmm. and the constant information overload. And no one has time to do what you're saying. Yeah. So all of this, like, it requires time yeah yeah the only way that i've been able to really do that and this started i think in october and november but it's been game changer is my phone is pretty much on do not disturb 24 7 unless i yeah unless i am expecting like a call from someone who's not on like my favorites list my phone completely shuts down at 7 p.m like it's completely shut down now and like all my notifications are hidden on social media i can't even access social media i can turn the time limit off if I Let's want go. to. I'm giving you a standing um, ovation. That's crazy. <laughs> but most of the time I don't. And there's a certain list of probably like 10, maybe 12 people that can like contact me after 7 p.m. And like anyone else like. Just I can, to know like, that you're alive and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like anyone else has to wait till 7 a.m. the next morning. Wow. Um, and that's been game changer. Because I can, like, connect with, like, family. I can be in the moment. You're present. And that's been a huge thing. And it's been, that's been game changer. And people are like, I was on the phone with someone the other day and I was telling her that my phone was on Do Not Disturb like 24-7. And she's like, that's a little extreme. I'm like, mm, not really. I'm like, because I'm like, I'm like, I can still like pull down the thing, my notification center and look. And like, if I'm in a conversation with someone, I'm more like out to like look um, a little more frequently. But like, I'm not having to like check my phone every time it like dings. Wow. Which, because I was that person where I'm like, I'll respond, like, right away, or I'll, like, open the Instagram thing right away, or whatever. I'm just like, I just cannot. And that sends you down a path. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you don't have time to think. Yeah. You don't think anymore. Yeah. So, what you did is like, okay, you had space and time to think, oh, maybe I had a part in this. Maybe I did say something messed up. Maybe I am. We we just don't give ourselves the ability to. Yeah, and wow. I mean, most nights I'm also in bed at, like, 8 o'clock p.m., so I'm already, like, 
not available because I'm sleeping. So it gives me like a one hour window if I'm like in bed by eight o'clock to like be present with my family, do stuff I need to work on, wow. read, which I don't really do very often at night, but whatever it is. Or if I'm like with someone that I can just be like, okay, if you need to get a hold of me, like it'll come through or I'll just have to wait. Wow. And that's been game changer. It's been like. That's wild. Yeah. But I've loved it. And you need to, have you done a, a, a show on that yet? Mm-mm. Oh, you got to yeah. do a show on pace and rhythm. And, yeah. And I'll add that for season two. 100%. Yeah. I'll add it to the list. So the second thing I've learned is how to seek genuine forgiveness, which I mean, we've talked about that, like the whole episode basically, mm-hmm. but not just being like, cause I feel like growing up and even like still now with kids, like whenever like a kid does something to another kid, then you're like, okay, you need to say, I'm sorry. And will you forgive me? Right. But they don't understand exactly. the genuine, like will you forgive me? Like, a two-year-old isn't going to understand right. that. And I think right. it's a good practice to instill that, like, you are yeah. quick to ask for forgiveness. Yeah. But I think it took me a long time to really realize what genuine forgiveness is. And, like, but listening to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and then going to that person and be like, I am so sorry. And not mm-hmm. just like, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. But, like, making it genuine. That's good. Because and I'm, being specific. I think part of being is uh, offering genuine forgiveness is yeah. being specific. Having enough time to think, okay, how did I contribute to this mess? And when you're specific and I'm asking for forgiveness because I did this, that helps the person know. Like I I used to use the blanket apologies Mm -hmm. in marriage. You know, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Well, that doesn't do anything. Yeah. And you don't actually, you're not owning it. It's just words. But when you start getting specific to, I am sorry for doing this or Mm -hmm. saying this, it's like, okay, now that person has something to forgive. Yeah. You know? And you're yeah. trying to seek reconciliation. And I also say, to the other end of the the genuine forgiveness, and I know we're going long, but okay. the the other thing on, on seeking that genuine forgiveness is reflecting, like we've talked about, on what actually happened. Mm. And not just, I think people are so quick just to label forgiveness. Yeah. If someone are deeply hurt, ah, I'll forgive them. But you, all you're doing is actually sweeping it under. Sorry, sweeping it under the rug. Yeah. You're not actually dealing with it, and so even though you might have said it, it's lip service. Yeah. Actually, have to look at it. Yeah. Or on the other hand of that, people, and I think this is probably more common within unbelievers, but people that'll be like, "I will never forgive you Oof. for this." Like, that's so hard. Oh my god. Um, I feel like that's harder to yeah. say than I will forgive you. Right, right, right. Because like the amount of like emotions that come with that of like oh, I'm yeah. never gonna forgive you. Like, can you imagine like how like I can't even imagine like the weight of that. Yeah. And like everything that like you should forgive or the people you should forgive just like piling on. Um, but then I'm like also imagine like that person meeting Jesus and like being free from all that and learning like what mm-hmm. forgiveness actually is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. wild. But yeah, so learning genuine forgiveness is, yeah. So the last thing I would say is also not holding grudges towards those who have hurt me. And that one has been hard over the years. It takes time. And I feel like it's still hard sometimes because like you can just be like holding that grudge. I think sometimes you can hold a grudge because you're processing what happened and you're processing those emotions. And so when you're not quick to forgive or like replace like lies with truth or get rid of the negative emotions that don't come from God and get the ones that do come from God, you're that's holding that grudge. Yeah. And so And also forgiveness, maybe my last thing and then I'll let you, you talk, but <laughs> I promise it my last thing. 
But forgiveness is not always up and to the right. It's not mm. always like, all right, I forgave that person and I'm good. Yeah. A lot of times it'll come back like a week later. Yep. And that same thought will come back because we're human beings. Mm-hmm. We don't forget. Yep. And so that's where Jesus says, you have to forgive. One of the disciples asked, how, should, how many times you got to forgive some, somebody? Like seven times? And he's thinking, we're doing good. Seven times, a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. He's like, no, 70 times seven. And what he means is, keep on forgiving them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, something happens and you're going to forgive them. And you think you dealt with it. And then a month later or a week later, it's going to come up. You're like, I thought I dealt with that. Yeah. And, you, and you did. You did. But maybe there was another layer that you hadn't. Or maybe there's another layer. Mm-hmm. And there's another layer. It's like this onion. And then you're like, okay, this is what I'm really forgiving. I thought I was forgiving this person for saying yeah. this. But I'm really forgiving this person is for is for this. And yeah. it's like getting to the core of it, mm-hmm. which takes time and vulnerability. Yeah. But eventually, you find that freedom. Yeah. And getting to the root of like anything is so hard like whether that's like getting to the root of whatever emotion it could also be like getting to the root of like like even like illnesses because sometimes mm-hmm. like those have like spiritual roots mm-hmm. or roots of like even why somebody did something or why you responded to that because sometimes you have to like do that like self-reflection like we talked about like why did I respond that way? Mm. Or like, why did I say what I said mm. or like lash out the way that I lashed out? But you have to give yourself that time mm-hmm. to do that thing. And whether it's like going to therapy and having like somebody no doing it with you no or however you're going to do it. Doing it's hard it to do it on your own. It's yeah. hard. It really is. Um, I think seeing a really yeah. good therapist, a Christian therapist yeah. would be it's amazing. Like game changer. Yeah. Game changer. But yeah. Mm. Okay. So... Last thing is, but more than those three things that we've talked about, like more than humbling myself to do those things, it's taught me how to really strive to be more like Jesus. Mm. And you actually talked about this in a recent sermon. And one of the biggest takeaways that I had was sometimes the best evidence for God is sometimes you Mm. and show up because that's when we become proof of a loving God to a watching world. And so when we can humble ourselves like Jesus did and become more like him and let him use our hurts and our ashes, he's going to bring beauty and glory out of them. Amen, amen. And that's that's the beauty of the gospel Mm -hmm. and Jesus and Mm -hmm. forgiveness. So, well, Daniel, is there anything else you want to add? No, thank you so much for letting me uh, spend time with you. Yeah, thanks for... This is great. Yeah, thanks for finishing out the season with me. Honored. And just having this conversation, it was awesome. Thanks so much for tuning in to the last episode of Desire His Renown season one. That is crazy that we've wrapped. I hope that you walked away feeling encouraged and throughout this whole season, you have just felt so seen, known, loved, and welcomed. And I hope the Lord has just met you and spoken to you throughout these conversations that we've had this season. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on our social media at Desire His Renown. And I'll catch you guys in Scotland for season two.